0: Hello, hello, this is Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, and you're listening to Cheap
1: Talk. We'd like to dedicate this episode to Pamela Campo. She was a huge Cheap Trick fan. My personal Cheap Trick community is devastated by this, and Pam, we're going to miss you. I was talking to Leanne Marie, and I asked her what she would say about Pam, and she came up with this. This says it about as good as anything I could write. Pam was loved by so many and never had an unkind word to say about anyone. She was a self-proclaimed rock and roll chick and loved going to concerts, especially Cheap Trick ones, and had many stories and pictures over the years to show for it. I think the thing that stood out the most for me was her love for her parents, especially her dad Morris, who was in his 80s, yet still rocking and he went to many concerts and meet and greets with her. I truly feel she was Cheap Trick's biggest fan and had a life cut short so quickly. So Pam, we dedicate this episode to you, and hopefully you can hear it somehow. I know that you were a big supporter of the Facebook page and the podcast early on, and I want to thank you for being there. And now on with the show. Rock and roll, right? Talk 48 Rockford side two. It's time for some cheap talk. That's right, we're back to Rockford Side 2, and I know that there is no Rockford Side 2 because it's not on vinyl, but it should be. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts today, and you are listening to Cheap Talk. As usual, I am joined by Brian Cramp.
2: Hello
3: there, ladies and gentlemen.
1: But today we are joined by Robert Lawson. Robert Lawson, tell folks about your book.
3: Uh, My new book is still Competition, The Listener's Guide to Cheap Trick. It's available on all uh, international Amazon sites. Uh, Barnes & Noble in the States carries it. Indigo and Chapters in Canada has it, although they, uh, they're a little more expensive than if you just order it directly off Amazon uh, or from me.
1: Still competition. The listener's guide to Cheap Trick. <laughs> Today we are going to discuss what I call Rockford side too if this thing ever does wind up on vinyl this is where the break probably would be so if you want to hear us talk about what we're calling side one check out cheap talk 47
3: you know when Brian was talking about the packaging and uh you know the the cartoon characters and stuff like that I think it's worth mentioning that Hamer made Rick a special box guitar that has the album (laughs) cover on it yeah. Um so it's it's like a Bo Diddley style just a square box. Uh so it looks a little odd, but Rick still plays it and I'm glad that uh, they didn't put a sticker of Dax's face over Bun on the uh, <laughs> on the uh, on the guitar cuz uh you know, that's been known to happen.
1: As a matter of fact, we use this artwork on our iTunes uh, page, so
2: no cease and desist yet. <laughs> right.
1: Maybe we won't leave that in the show. (laughs) Oh song track seven give it away Brian cramp please pontificate
2: come on I love it <laughs> how great is this it's so great <laughs> I mean every single one of these songs is way better than the best song uh, from Bang's uber we're all all right I mean it's just you know if you want to understand what's missing from the recent albums just listen to this album that's all I have to say I mean this is so great and this, is, this song is, to me, a like, next position please kind of song. Great Rick guitar song, great Robin vocals.
3: Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I love this song. It's great. I think you touched upon something I've been thinking about this album. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the 1997 album. I, I long champ- championed it. And of course, part of the story with that album is that the record label went bankrupt. So it didn't get proper promotion. A lot of people didn't hear it. It's kind of a forgotten album. So what the hell happened with Rockford? I mean, because this is a great record, and it only reached 101 on the charts?
1: Well, what happened to Rockford, it was a victim of its time, like everything else, right? This was around the time that people were realizing, hey, we can get this shit for free, right? And once that cancer sat into people's consciousness, that there's, music became devalued so much. Sure. And... Plus, they're an uh, act that at this time was, what, 30-some years old, right? So how many 30-some-year-old acts have a top 10 hit, right?
3: Well, we'd have to look at what else was actually on the chart uh, when this came out, which I kept meaning to do, and I just never got around to it. Like, if this was 101, what, were, uh, what, what, the, what the hell sold more than this?
2: You know, what kind of promotion did it get, and... uh I mean, I guess Little Steven, he was a big champion of If It Takes a Lifetime, I guess. And, you know, obviously working with Linda Perry, they were, you know, they had in mind trying to get a hit single out there, Perfect Stranger. But I don't know if they got it on the radio or I don't know what happened. I mean, I remember when the 97 album came out, I heard Say Goodbye on the radio. And all you have to say is, if Say Goodbye is not a hit, what's going to be a hit? I mean, you couldn't have a better song than that. Uh. So... I don't know.
1: Just taking a little quick look here, we've got The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Johnny Cash has an album here. James Blunt big album came out in 2006. You're beautiful. Nickelback. I'm just kind of looking through here. Justin Timberlake. Well, that explains it, because those are
3: all far better records than Rockford. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: Oh, my. For a band that's, you know, this is almost 30 years after their first album, right, when this mm-hmm. came out. And for a right. band to put out an album this good at that point mm-hmm. is pretty amazing.
3: Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I really don't understand why the album didn't do better, except that, again, rock radio... Was dead, so anything that was coming out, there was really no real vehicle to promote it anymore.
2: Yeah, this was before Facebook and before YouTube. Like I said, so
1: no, YouTube was around. I mean, it was a thing.
2: Well, I looked it up. YouTube started in two thousand and five, so you know when this came out, nobody was. I mean, YouTube wasn't any kind of a force. I don't think in the culture now.
1: Yeah, but but even so, even with YouTube today, as big as it is right now. The bottom line is is that uh, you still have to go look for it. And that's the biggest problem, that if you don't have a love of music, or if you don't love the adventure of looking for music, you want to be spoon-fed. MTV's gone, radio's gone, so you, know, you had to go find it on your own. I remember watching this video on YouTube, Welcome to the World, the animated one.
3: I'd love it if they reissued it as a deluxe edition and uh i've already got a a track listing for what the bonus cuts could be but really you you got to have this record it's it's so great for their like i i said originally for the modern era uh, it's essential
2: and the whole package is so much fun to, to just get the whole package it's it's yeah it's a great thing to have it's delightful it's great And Dean Falcone sent us uh, album flats of this.
1: Yes, yes, we have those. (laughs) Which I love. Thank you, Dean. Which I love having. (laughs) Thank you, Dean. We love you. Dean Falcone rocks.
2: Give it away? I mean, what can you say? It's just a little pop punky, cheap trick song. I mean, it's killer. It's, you know. How about that sexy opening guitar part to it? It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the little Rick... Guitar parts, uh, you know, it's it's Rick Nielsen all the way on this song. It's just classic cheap trick. I, what more could you want, really?
3: And it's co-produced by Brian's favorite producer.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so, so he did something right. Oh, yeah, this song sounds great.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Steve Albini. <laughs> Our next song, One More Day at Track 8.
2: Yeah, this is the You're All Talk Gonna Raise Hell song on this record, I think. I was listening to this and I was thinking, you know, I don't remember exactly what the atmosphere was in 2006, but don't you think you put this song on rock radio and you play the shit out of it, and wouldn't everybody who listens to rock radio love this song? I mean, it's so cool, it's such a fun song. You know, you can't talk about this song without talking about Rick's vocals. (laughs) Rick and Robin trading off the vocals. It's just a very fun song. So I love it because it's a, yeah, it's a fun, cheap trick song. Besides the Rick vocals, I think one of my favorite parts of the song is even more pronounced on the, like the demo where Robin does, you know? He says, little bit, (laughs) and uh, if you listen to the demo, he, On the first one, there's a real long pause, and Rick is doing his part, and then you hear Robin go, (laughs) Ta! It's awesome. Yeah. It's really great.
1: This is what i was alluding to from the other song where it talked about addiction or wanting more this is the song one more i'll be honest with you when i first heard this i wanted to turn it off it was like oh fuck this right it's like what are they doing because i hate to say it pop drone left a bad taste in my mouth you know what i'm saying and i thought oh is this like the son of pop drone more cheap trick weirdness but, God, once you get through that first little bit, it's just a flat-out fucking great Cheap Trick song.
3: Yeah, it's got a big chorus to it. I admit, uh, I kind of had a similar issue that Rick's kind of quirky or jokey vocals, they put me off a little bit the first time I heard it. But once that chorus kicked in, I loved it. There's also a little bit of an acoustic slide guitar that you kind of have to listen to. It's 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 a little bit buried, but you can hear it at the beginning a little bit. So, yeah, great, great tune, a lot of fun, as uh, Brian said. I
2: think with the quality of the songs that led up to this, it's not going to stand out at first.
3: But it's definitely a grower, not a shower, probably. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: And co-produced by uh, Jack Douglas. Nice to, yeah, see him, yeah. nice, nice to see him back again.
2: I would say, though, on this song, this is another one where I would like to hear it be even
3: more produced with a fuller, bigger production. Yeah, the demo is, is pretty similar to the album version, except it ends with like a little bit of a drum solo. Uh, so they didn't uh, they didn't add too much to the album take on this one so you're right there but there's room to do that for sure yeah cuz if you look at it as like a year all
2: talk type song then they could have you know could be a little more interesting production a little fuller sound a little more going on sure but
1: great track like i said the the at first it, it was a bit off putting the quirky vocals but then when you realize what's actually going on it makes sense right it works thematically. So
2: uh, when Rick does quirky vocals, I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit yeah. more. <laughs> BJ, I, I actually could could hear you doing those same vocals. <laughs> one down, one to go.
3: Yeah, exactly. Oh God, yeah, that's a great example.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of Rick's. Yeah, I love it.
1: <laughs> you don't know this, Robert, but every once in a while, BJ will just start singing and i love it when he does that
3: oh i can hardly <laughs> wait
1: yeah come on bj do it do, <laughs> do some do some of it come on from from this well, song the
3: the
2: best part is
0: a little bit more then a little bit more
2: <laughs> love that part cheetah talk. a little <laughs> bit more
0: A a bit more then a little bit more
3: i got to work on my falsetto <laughs> Oh, beautiful.
1: It is. And, you know, BJ maybe could join Cheap Trick uh, as a touring backup musician. (laughs) Hey, have you heard that BJ Cramp is now on stage with Cheap Trick? Have you heard that?
2: Off stage
3: playing the triangle. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is what I'm saying. They need more people on
1: stage. Yeah. (laughs) So that's three solid uh, erect ones. Yeah. Aimed <laughs> aimed aimed right. Point at you. you. Pointing <laughs> at you. Pointing at you. Yes. Track nine every night and every day. That.
3: A fantastic Robin Zander performance. Got a little falsetto part uh, that comes up a few times. To me, this is like a great pop song without a real pop production, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it still has that gritty guitar feel. If they wanted to go in a in color Tom Worman kind of uh, direction, uh, this totally would have fit. But, Erection? But I, kind of Tom Worman yeah. Erection. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot and, and I like the fact, I guess, that they didn't go for a real super slick production on it uh, so you get to hear what a, what a pop song would be like but with just heavy, dirty guitars a lot of noisy uh, sounds going on. It's actually probably my favorite song on, on the album so it's two thumbs in.
0: Ooh.
3: Oh! <laughs> in
2: where?
1: <laughs> keep up yeah this to me sounds like a 60's pop song you could you almost like imagined uh, like you know I mentioned help earlier right you could just see Cheap Trick in the studio recording the song it just reminds me of that 60's rock and roll thing it's definitely got that vibe to it to me my crazy guys or
3: no, I I think it's excellent. It's uh, it's a timeless
2: pop song. Yeah.
3: it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I love this song. So great. Yep.
1: Yeah. Three across the board.
2: I think Robin is singing the Rick part on this. It sounds like it's all Robin the vocals mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Hmm. So Robin is just a star on this song. It's a it's a really special song. I think. I don't know if it's my favorite on the album. It's. You know, maybe there's several on here that are kind of tied for my favorite, but this is one of them. It doesn't get much better,
1: in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. The next song, track 10, Dream the Night Away. Gram, pontificate
2: i think my feeling is that this song must have originated with tom peterson and mm-hmm. there's like an early demo that's slower and tom's does a scat vocal on it but it very much improved the song from that demo for the album uh, this is a it's a great song i think it sounds like a woke up with a monster like I didn't know i had it never had a lot to lose kind of yes in yes. that vein Mm-hmm. Tell me everything. I think this would have fit great on Woke Up With a Monster. and um, This one was included. Was this included in the Red Hat demos and the 97 stuff? Yes. I always thought maybe this was even from earlier than that. I don't know. But uh, it's yeah, this is great. Great that they revived it and they really improved on it from like that original demo. So...
3: It's definitely, they definitely did a lot of work on it. I, I happen to love the Tom Peterson demo from 1997 just because it's so different than almost anything Cheap Trick has done. It's, you know, the arrangement is like a dirge. It's mm-hmm. very slow. It's almost like, you know, something off like an early Sabbath record or something. it's just that real slow moving thing. And it's just so unique for that. Um You're right. The vocals aren't finished. Tom's just kind of doing a, a rough vocal on it. But it's a really unique song. By the time they brought it to Rockford, they, uh, they did a lot of work on it. And there's a Rockford-era uh, demo of it that's not, mm-hmm. too, it's not too different from the album version. But uh, if they were ever going to do a deluxe edition of this, that early 97 Tom Peterson demo would be a really interesting bonus track, I think. Because it's, it's just so different. It shows a, a different side of Tom. I, I, I like how it is on Rockford. But if they had kind of done something with Tom's original arrangement, I think it would have been more unique. And it'd be nice to hear him sing something different other than the same two songs that we've been getting for the last 30 years.
2: Yeah, it is is interesting as to why Tom doesn't sing the song on the record. Yeah. And I wonder if that, I wonder if Tom wanted to. I, I wonder if that was a disagreement or if that was a,
3: battle as to whether or not he was going to sing it or not you know yeah his name is is credited first uh for songwriting so they're definitely recognizing that it's something that he brought to the album uh bill lloyd from foster and lloyd also gets credit on this and we know that he's uh, a friend of tom's and co-wrote two songs i believe on the 97 album so that again points back to it uh originating from the 97 demos
1: Mm -hmm. Great song. So three pointed right at you. Another three pointed right at you.
3: I'm going to give that one a half just because I love Tom's demo so much.
1: So I give this a one. BJ, you give this a one. Robert Lawson. Half mast. (laughs) He's at half mast. They have a pill for that. (laughs) Kind of pointed towards the floor, comparatively.
4: you've reached the age where you learned a thing or two this is the age of knowing what needs to be done so why would you let something like erectile dysfunction get in your way isn't it time you talk to your doctor about viagra 20 million men already have
1: track 11 all those years this is one of my favorite cheap trick songs period I just love mm. this so much. It's, uh, it's excellent.
2: great verse and has an amazing bridge but for me the chorus is not as good as the rest of the song and I think it could be even better with a better hook on the chorus but the bridge alone makes it so great and Robin's performance is is amazing so but I yeah the chorus just doesn't have enough of a hook especially considering the quality of the melodies of the verse and the bridge for
3: me
1: I love that, you know, staccato thing of it's a lonely, lonely night, lonely, lonely, lonely night, mm-hmm. and the uh, how it plays off the all those years, how they deliver those lines, just, just really love it, and it, it's it's a song that is more mature, you know what I mean? As far as uh, it's not chasing the girl, this is looking back at at all the years, right, Robert?
3: I love that uh, it's got that dramatic downstroke that comes up a few times in the song. You know, like right when, right when Robin sings uh, the words anytime, and then bang. This is oh, it's great, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah that, that part just hit, hits me every time. I love it. Yeah, that's the best part of the song, that bridge part. Yeah. It's really great.
2: Yeah. Like, you could cut the chorus out, and it would still be a great song. That's how great the verse and the bridge are, you know? We'll get a little Steven to
3: do an edit.
1: <laughs> no. I like it just as it is. Again, you two can fuck right off. Oh, oh.
3: Oh my lord. Oh my. Um, my delicate Canadian sensibilities. All
1: right. So <laughs> so what's our rating on this one?
3: I give it a 1.
2: Yeah. For sure.
1: next track, the last one on the album is Decaf.
0: There ain't no zing till you feel that thing i press pass the buttons again You rock it, you got everything to die for Decaf is here again Oh, it's what I live in
1: my soul Wait for the man to call <laughs> uh, How did Tom not wind up singing this song? Waiting for the man, right? Yeah. <laughs> Robert Lawson your thoughts on Decaf uh,
3: I like it it's, it's not one of my favorite tunes on, on the album uh, I think that just shows how great the album is That if, if I have to pick a song that I, I don't love it doesn't necessarily mean it's not a, a great song uh, the, the original demo of it, it's not too different from what's on the album uh, co-produced by Jack Douglas again Robin gets the first songwriting credit, so it seems that this is one he brought to the band. Uh, nice sloppy Rick Nielsen guitar solo, and then they do a kind of neat thing where, as the song ends, Robin's vocals get more distorted and more yeah. monstrous. Mm-hmm. And you know, by by the end, it's almost like he's a like an, a death metal vocalist or something, yep. uh, and, which is pretty pretty unusual for them. So I like it a lot.
1: Well, he needs Steve, his coffee, man.
3: Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, By the end of the song, he really needs a coffee. <laughs> it's all cranky and stuff, right? Yeah, th- I I agree with you know with
2: Robert that I like this song a lot, but it's not it's not one of my favorites on the album. But uh, yeah, I think Robin is goes method on this one. <laughs> it's really a yeah. character on this one. Yeah, and yeah sure. yeah. we talked about him being the man of a thousand voices we've never heard him do death metal before
0: right. so he
2: added a new one to the repertoire even though I think it might have been a, yeah, I think they might have slowed down the tape or the speed yeah. to get some of that sound at the end this is another one there's you know at least half this album I would like to hear a bigger fuller production on but that doesn't really detract from how great the album is Right. it's just that all these it's such a great collection of songs and uh you know, maybe even put even, even more time and thought into, you know, making this an even greater album than it already is. But it's a very fun song with a really good big chorus. So, yeah, no, no complaints, really. But, yeah, like the quality of so many of the rest of the songs on the album just kind of just gets overshadowed a little bit, I think. Yeah, I feel the same way.
1: Nielsen revealed the lyrical meaning. Well, don't get too wound up. Hey, buddy, take some decaf. So... Nice closer to the album. I yeah. like it when Robin goes crazy. I'm not the only boy. I'm not the only boy. <laughs> right. When they can be at the Sheboygan Rib off and off in the distance you can hear Robin Zander screaming songs about suicide. So it's always a good time to me for me.
0: Well, thank you so much. So not reduce it and start yourself you the rage the
1: So our scores all across the board, uh, let's see, everything got a one except for two tracks that got a half. So yes. that would make a 11 out of 12, right? Yeah. That's not a bad rating, folks. Not a bad rating. And, you know, BJ, you, you talk about we're all all right. I think that there's some great stuff on there that, again, it comes down to some production choices for me like i still love floating down right
2: yeah i like floating down but most of the songs in this album i like more
1: oh of course yeah
2: and so that's the best song from we're all all right and it's it wouldn't even be close it would be one of the maybe my least favorite song on this record so <laughs> that shows you how
1: Alderdash and fitterall
2: this is such a great collection of songs. It's really amazing.
1: Yes, it is. And if you if, if you do not own Rockford, you need to rectify that now. You can get it fairly cheap on Amazon, whether it's used or new. Seriously, there's no reason for any Cheap Trick fan not to own this album and love this album, right?
3: Yeah, I think... Yeah. How could you not? <laughs> I think if you if you made a top 10 list of cheap trick records or the top 10 essential cheap trick records, you know, we know all the early ones that everyone I'm sure would include in the list, but I think Rockford is definitely in my top 10 for sure. No doubt.
1: Yeah. Well, coming off of special one to me, if, if, if I have any or anything bad to say about this album is that it, it kind of had the stench of special one on it and that it was pop drone really, screwed things up for me you know what i'm saying <laughs> and i know michael butler loves it but i was just like oh, if that's what they're bringing us they can keep it you know but uh this was a great comeback excellent yeah comeback. it's
2: uh, yeah how do they go from special one to this I mean, it's
3: yeah it's crazy how about the japanese bonus track uh, yeah mando raga
2: the worst song on the album for sure (laughs) it's not bad but
3: it's a bonus track it definitely works as a bonus track well it's weird the Japanese bonus track is uh, yeah Mondo Raga it's an instrumental uh, but the demo version uh, does have vocals yeah so they tried a few different things I I find it a little odd that they left the vocals off of the bonus track but uh, I like the tune a lot it's uh, one of those songs where Rick's playing as Hamer Mandocello, so it's the exact same instrument that he used on Heaven Tonight, Uh, the song Heaven Tonight, so uh, that's always nice to hear again on a record. Uh Is that a Tom song you think? It it sounds like it probably is just because the the groove is so deep. There's another uh, song on the circulating Rockford demo, it's called Every Single Girl. And It's just a bass and drums instrumental thing and it doesn't sound like Mondo Raga, but it is that kind of a deep groove Uh, In my book, I mentioned that it sounds like it could be on the first John Paul Jones solo album Uh, So I I tend to think that Mondo Raga probably started with Tom For sure. Yeah, that's what I think too Yeah, but I love Rockford so much so the the idea of adding an extra song making the album a little bit longer uh, It's a good thing for me, so I would love it if Mondo Raga was on all the versions have you heard that, Ken?
1: Yes. Yes. Big thumbs up for Rockford. If you if you don't have Rockford, go out and buy it. Adopt a cheap trick album that you don't have. Make bring it into your home. Give it a nice home. Give your ears something good. So we want to thank you for being with us today as we discuss Rockford from two thousand six. We'll see you on the next episode of.
3: Cheap Cheap talk.
1: talk. There we go.
3: You want to do it again and Brian can do the Rick Nielsen vocal? Sure.
1: (laughs) One, two, three. Cheap talk. Cheap
0: talk. (laughs) A little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more.
1: (laughs) i got to work on my falsetto. Yeah. (laughs) One down, one down. Sounds like a Cheap Trick song falsetto, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like something Rick would take that and make something out of it. We'll see you on the next episode of Cheetah.
4: Rock and Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America, recording on-site, vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise, and awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Corns, Angel, Winger, Loudness, except Bang Tango, King Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slay. Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R O C K N P O D dot com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club, School of Rock Nashville, and School of Rock Franklin. A TBG Productions event.
0: And that's our show. Trick Chat is an online, nonprofit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep Cheap Trickin'
4: we're ready take one
2: hello this is bj kahuna from rock and or roll and cheap talk and i am against racism and discrimination of any kind and the sky is blue
1: it seems kind of obvious doesn't it oh god it's we need to treat each other better in this world don't we bj it right.
2: begins the racism.
1: <laughs> well, you are. I am too. But the thing is, Jeez, is that there parents. there are people. There may be people right now listening, who think nothing of painting a swastika on the side of someone's house or in their driveway, or maybe. Yeah, I understand. Over. What
2: got you so upset was what happened to Gary's parents, which is just completely disturbing and horrifying. Right. That they would be <laughs> subjected to that They have to walk up to their front door and see that. It right. is just. It does make you want to do something. I understand
1: that. So the thing we're doing today is not a political thing. The thing we're doing today is a human thing. It's a human decency thing. Be kind to one another. More love, less war. Less hate. Treat one another right. We don't think it's cool, do we, BJ?
4: No. Take two. We are podcasters united. We are podcasters against hate, racism, and discrimination. We're using our voices to say no more, no more hate, no more racism, no more discrimination.
1: I am Ken Mills from Cheap Talk. I am against racism. I am against discrimination. I am against hate.
2: This is BJ Kahuna from Cheap Talk, and I am against racism and discrimination of any kind.
4: Remember, if you see something, say something podcasters against hate more love less hate uh bunny actually would like you want you you have to sing along to this song even if you don't know it
3: if you do know it you have to sing to this song